Welcome to Conversations with Erica podcast. I'm your girl, Erica Nicole. Conversations with Erica is a simple conversation between friends. Maybe it's you and I, maybe I'm interviewing somebody, but we're having a conversation about life, love, faith, entrepreneurship, and how we've had to push through, how we've had to overcome and the lessons that we have learned. This is a safe space for women of all ages. But if you just so happen to be a divorced empty nester, this is really a space for you to cuddle up. But let me tell you something. In this area, there's no shade. There's no judgment. It's all love and life. My goal is to support you in your endeavors to move forward in life, whether you are just now having your babies, whether you are sending your babies off to college, maybe you're not having a baby at all and you're just living life. Whatever it is, trust and believe your girl Erica Nicole has you and this podcast was birthed with you in mind. So sit back and relax, grab your wine, your coffee, your water, or whatever it is you need and get ready for our conversations. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome, welcome to this episode of Conversations with Erica. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat today because we are just going to flow in the Holy Spirit. Michelle and I have already been on the line at least 10 minutes just jabbing away and I can feel the shift of the Holy Spirit. And I said, Michelle, we have to stop. We have to record because it's time. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you, you know how I do it. I always let um, my guests introduce themselves because I feel like nobody's voice should be louder in your head than you. And there is nothing better than reading your own receipts. So Michelle Crow, please introduce yourself to the listeners of Conversations with Erica and welcome to the platform. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, my name is Michelle Crowell. To many people, I am Shelly Crowell. So Shelly, Michelle, Shell, whatever, girlfriends, I am with you there. So it is such an honor to be with Erica today. I met Erica just a few months ago, and I just fell in love with her. We are such kindred spirits. If you didn't know any better, we would literally be kin, and who knows we may be. But uh, it's such a privilege to be with you guys. And so just a quick little tidbit about me. Uh, I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for... 28 years, started out as LPN, working into my RN, recently just graduated with my master's degree in actual teaching nursing. And so I love what I do. I've been in hospice for the last 20 years. I get to travel for my job, and God has just been so good in that arena. Uh, Also, I am an evangelist. I am a published author, three, working on my fourth book. Um, you name it, working on podcasts, Jesus, just a little bit of everything. Ministry is my heart. Self-care and self-love is my platform because as women and especially women who are in their late 30s and above, we do such a horrible job of self-care and self-love. For many of us, I think Oh, my goodness. I think for many of us, it starts in our childhood when somebody mistreated us, told us we were ugly or fat or didn't matter 
or like in my case, I was actually molested at eight uh, by my stepfather. And I think for a lot of women, there are so many events that happen in our childhood that change our perception of self-image and what we're worth. And so my platform, I did not intend for my platform to be self-care and love, but that's really just what it is turned into. Wow. I am just, I'm sitting here because I'm just remembering that moment when we met for the first time out at Pender Property. Yes. Shout out to Tamara Mitchell Davis. It's so funny. I feel like I mentioned her name almost on every single podcast because once she's been a guest <laughs> here on the podcast platform, she yes. will actually be back um, after the release of uh, Blessed and Not Broken, um, volume three, which I am an author in as well. Um, but she, it was something about that moment in time. And I know God set that moment aside to bring us together collectively. Never have I ever been to a conference, a entrepreneurial conference, right? An industry yes. conference where the Holy Spirit showed up and showed us. And it started- It turned into a revival. It, and it started Friday night and I wasn't even there yet. While I was sleeping in the airport, the Holy Spirit was already stirring the waters and then it just continued. So Michelle, I'm just, it's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. It's amazingly dope to have you on the platform because people need to know you. People need to know you and know um, what you have to offer this world because to know you like is it's life-changing for me. I remember um, bringing the mic to you and, and, and I had to turn over the floor because all what I say, like it reminds me of Mary and Elizabeth. Like when we were next to each other, something leaped inside of me. And I know that happened <laughs> for the rest of the ladies in the room. Your testimony, but for me, it wasn't even your testimony. It was your voice and not the voice that we can hear, but the voice of your spirit that I could feel. I yeah. knew that I was in the presence of one of God's favorites at that very moment. And I want to say before we get too far away, congratulations on the completion of your degree. I know that took blood, sweat, and tears. I know that took many a moments on your face before God because that's not an easy feat to accomplish something like that. Um, so I don't even know where we're going. What is on your heart? That's the question. What is on your heart? Because I feel like God has given you a word for the, li the listeners of Conversations with Erica. Well, I, first of all, I want to say thank you. And I feel the exact same way about you. It's amazing. The just camaraderie, the sisterhood that I have felt just by going to Connecticut and being outside my comfort zone. And God really did some things while we were there for sure, not only in the natural, but in the spirit. And that day, I was just trying to win me a few purse. I was. But God had an agenda. And once the Holy Spirit started, I could not stop, you know, telling those women what they were worth and how that 
they have to understand it doesn't matter. I think my greatest thought in this hour is it doesn't matter what you have been through. It does not matter what you did last night. What matters is that God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a destiny. He has written every day in his book. He has the plans. He knew you before you came in your mother's womb. I could go on and on about the identity of God and what he says about us. I think for me, I really want to reiterate how important it is to take care of yourself, spirit, soul, and body. So often we don't realize, truly we don't realize how that the weight of the world takes and attaches itself to us. Mm. And we're just going on about our business. And what I, I call it is a savior complex. We're out here trying to save the world, save everything in it, fix everybody's messes. We're the person that everybody calls when they're, when they're down on their luck, when their heart is tore up, when their car won't start. We are the women that everybody calls. And it's a hard thing at times when you're a server, when you have the heart of a servant. It can be such an amazing thing, but the negative side is it not knowing when to say no, not understanding how to protect your space and your peace, not knowing how to say that sounds so wonderful, but let me check and see if I'm able. I'm just guilty of saying, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's said, oh my God, what in the world? And so a lot of people think that self-care is like, uh, getting your hair done, your nails and massages. And while all that is such a wonderful thing, it really, really is. It is the bare minimum of what self-care means. Self-care literally means, let me look for today. Okay. When we pray the Lord's prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. And daily bread is more than bread we put in our mouth. Daily bread is what do we need in today? So what do I need today? What does Michelle need? What does Erica need? What do the listeners need in today? Does that mean I need a little more sleep? Does that mean I need actually to sit in a tub of hot water for an hour? Does that mean I need a walk? Does that mean I need a good cry because stress has built up and I need to release it? Does it mean I need to call someone and tell them I'm rooting for them? Does it mean I need to sit down and color in a coloring book? Does it mean that I need to just be wild and free and go do something I've never done? Does it mean I need to try something new to eat today? What does that mean in today? Girl, you got my hands up in surrender because immediately when you started saying the word today, 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 it, it took me back to the Bible where he's telling the Israelites, get what you need. Here's the manna, but get what you need and only get it for today. You don't have to worry right. about tomorrow, next year, three year, five year. And you know, in, in the world, we seem to believe that we have to, and we and don't get me wrong, we do got a plan for the future, right? That's wisdom, but we got to right. live for today. 
You know, I heard this um, I, this saying, and I don't know who, who coined the saying, but I say it all the time. And it's depression is looking in the past. Anxiety is looking in the future. But the peace, baby, the peace is right here, right now, where you are today. Today. That's that self-care. Living in today is the ultimate self-care. And I love that you said that. Because when you look and you follow the hashtags on social media, you see all the things. But if your spirit, your soul is broken, if it's bleeding, if it, come, you're, none of that stuff matters. I took Listen. my nails off the beginning of this year when I entered into the journey because my nails were my thing. I have, um, I've had Hashimoto's hyperthyroidism in the past, praise God, I'm in remission. And my nails are very rigid, like, and they're ugly. And I talk with my hands and I'm a trainer and oh, it just gives me so many insecurities. So I wore nails for years and I took them off. And that is huge to me. That's like letting your gray come through. That like, that's huge to me. No more cover up. God, let's, let's get to the core of this thing. Let's work this thing out. No more play play. Let's do what we got to do. Right. And that was a big deal for me, but it went down to God. I just want to be in the bare necessity and please you. That's it. That's so good. Ooh, and see, God. something so simple is so major because God taught me a long time ago about give us this day our daily bread. See, what people don't understand, and it's just like you said, we do have to use wisdom. If you study the Bible, it talks about the ant preparing. It talks about the bridesmaid having plenty of oil in their lamp. So he gives us wisdom to know to plan but we're not to focus and worry about tomorrow see the thing about it is there's nothing you can do about yesterday even the last 10 seconds are now yesterday there's nothing you can do about yesterday the thing about it is if God allows you to wake up tomorrow it's now today so there is only today yeah. today is all that matters what are you doing today to love you? Because here's what I have truly learned, and I've ministered this so many times. The way to love is first this. You have to know that God loves you, that he really loves you, that he sent his son to die for you, that you are the beloved, and no matter what you do can never get you outside of the arms reach of the Lord. So first, you have to know he loves you. Second, you have to be able to receive the love of God. It's one thing to know God loves you, but it's a whole nother thing to, to receive it, accept it. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, God doesn't love me. There's no way after what I've done in my life, God loves me. You don't know what I've done. Or if God loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen or that happen or yada, yada. People forget that we have free will. Mm -hmm. And although God, I believe, heart is broken many times at the things he, we go through, he will not violate his word, which is free will. So you have to know, you know, you have to know that God loves you. Two, you have to be able to receive his love. And three, you have to then be able to love yourself. Mm. If you don't do those three things first, there is no possible way you can have a healthy 
love with anybody else. Well, a man, a woman, your children. The word of God says no love thy neighbor as you love yourself. So yeah. if you don't love yourself, everything you're out there doing is really for nothing. Because God. you're not showing true, genuine love, or you don't even know the example, because the example starts with you. Yes. And the God thing did too you that in others. Right. That's it. Right. And another key with what you just said, a lot of people you'll see loving and doing for others, but struggling to love themselves and how they care for themselves. So the scripture you just used also works in this way. Love your neighbors as yourself, not instead of yourself. So that means you can't put everybody above you. Everybody first. And we are last. As mothers, we do that. Mm, Yes. Right there. We are so typical of that where we've almost made it the norm, right? Like that is not it. Because if we don't take care of ourselves spiritually, if we don't take care of ourselves physically, if we don't take care of ourselves mentally, we are no earthly good to anyone. And we will burn out. We will, and at some point your body will just say, hello, I'm shutting down. But what I discovered for me as one, a woman, two, a nurse, three, at once I was a wife, I'm divorced, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a friend, as a spiritual leader in my ministry, as a mentor in the community to the youth, I have always been very guilty of burning my candle at both ends and sometimes in the middle. Uh, Oh my gosh, I can't even begin to explain But the one thing that I have truly learned is God created us in his image, okay? So because we're created in his image, he knows everything we need at every single time. And we have to take that time to spend with him to hear what he's saying for us in this day. Like how many people get up in the morning and you know, first of all, thank God for waking them, because in this season, a lot of people aren't waking up. So how many people are, first of all, thanking God for waking them and then saying, God, what is your word for me today? What scripture is speaking to my heart today? What would you have me to know? God, what's on your heart for me today? We just jump up and take off. Got to get a shower. Got to get a cup of coffee. Got to do this. I, oh, I'm going here, over. doing this. Got to pick up the kids. Drop. Roll over and grab these yes. phones. Get all that other people. Yes, let me see. Let me see what. <laughs> get in everybody. And uh, grabbing your cell phone to get your word. That's one thing. But for the most part, we are grabbing that cell phone. Get uh, taking on, right, the stress of, of the world. We're getting in other people's business, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or we're plugging into the news, right? So now we're taking on the weight of the world when we haven't even taken on the armor of God to get ready for the battle that he's presenting us with for this day. Yes. And what people don't understand is people look at the Bible as a, as a book, mm-hmm. something, you know, it's got a bunch of laws and rules and things. 
But what I've learned is if there's something wrong with my television, I don't go pick up my booklet, my instruction booklet for the microwave. Mm. I go pick up the instruction booklet for the television, right? So if I have something going on in my life, why do I go to the world to find out what to do about it? Why do people post all their business and tell all their negative stuff? Why don't they go to the word of God and say, God, I'm struggling with anger. I'm struggling with fear. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling in my finances. I'm struggling in business. The Bible is an amazing, amazing. Now, do you have to go hunt it out? Yeah. But it is an amazing, amazing instruction manual for its creation, which are us. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so I, I think that we take the Bible as I'm supposed to, I'm on this, you know, people say Bible reading plan. I'm getting my Bible read in a year. Uh, why don't you just take time to explore the Bible? Why don't you take time to explore what the Word of God wants to say to you? You can sometimes just open up your book, the Bible, randomly, and what you need for the day will be right there. Right there. Right sometimes there. you got to hunt it out, you know? But we're so quick to see what, oh my gosh, what's Tony Gaston saying? What's Dr. Phil saying? What's uh, Stefan Speaks saying? Now, don't get me wrong. I love all those guys. I follow Trent Shelton and all of them. I love all of those guys. But first, we need to follow what the word of God says about our life. Mm-hmm. Our problem is, is we, especially as women, if you've ever been broken in your life, and I dare say that every single person at some point, if you've not experienced brokenness in your life, praise God, I hope you never do. But if you have, then why do we go to everything else to heal us and put us back together but God? You understand? Some of us have used food to do it. Mm -hmm. Some of us have used drugs and alcohol to do it. Some of us have used retail therapy, shopping. Some people have used gambling. Some people have used sex. Mm -hmm. Going from one man, one broken relationship to the next, over and over and over, trying to find peace and contentment when God is trying to show you that he's already put everything you need on the inside of you. And that's the thing because the brokenness is on the inside. But we go on the outside to find the things instead of going on the inside because the word says the kingdom of God is within us. So what we are, what we need to mend us to heal us and make us whole again is already within us. We're just not tapping into it. We're not tapping into the word of God, the kingdom of God that's right there. And I'm so thankful for God and how that, because I know he chose me, Mm -hmm. he's never given up on me. And even in my own foolishness, like I tell people, God gives us warnings. You know, some people call them red flags. I say warnings. He guides us to say, hey, sis, you're getting too close to the edge of the road. Come back, come back. 
But because God will not, once again, override our will, he will not override his word because he cannot lie, he'll sit there begging and hollering for us to stop and watch us drive that car right off into a ditch. Now, he'll say, okay, when you're ready to get out of the ditch or you're ready to get out of wallowing with the pigs, let me know and I'll pull you out, clean you up, kind of like the prodigal son did. But... Then it's like we just start all over. And so it took me years. When I say years, I'm going to be 49 in September. And I didn't realize that from being broken as a little girl, that it would just spawn this 40-year journey of disaster, unfortunate events because of what I took on. And I feel like, when my mother, okay, so a quick, quick history from eight to 12, I was molested by my stepfather. So in the middle of that journey, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And so literally she, we were physically abused, verbally abused. I mean, you would have thought her dying of cancer, my stepfather would have become a nice person, but he didn't. So I think for me, every time there was a fight, I was jumping in, this little child trying to save her, trying to help protect her. Trying, I mean, you think about an eight, nine-year-old child trying to stop him, trying, you know, to do all this. I did not know until literally the last year that I really did have a savior complex that was birthed in me not being able to save my mother, so to speak. Mm. So we literally escaped about two months before my 12th birthday, literally escaped with our lives. And that next year, 10 months later, my mother would die. And so I've spent my entire life trying to rescue and save people, whether it was their will to be saved or not. That led me into not loving myself properly, into not knowing boundaries into not being healthy, into, you know, wow. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. But I sit back and I look at my life, and the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. And he will try to tell you, you know, the things you've done or been through, you know, discounts you. But thank God that he doesn't call the chosen he literally chooses us and then gives us our calling. And his callings and his gifts are without repentance. So I look and I'm able to be transparent about being molested, about being raped. I mean, it's nothing to be proud of to say I've been married four times. I absolutely hate saying that because I believe that marriage is a union that should be forever. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to find acceptance and belonging. And so I attracted these people that were not good for me, that were either abusive physically or abusive mentally and verbally. And it only took when I got to that last place, I just fell on my face and said, God, now look, the one common denominator in all my issues is me. I know I'm not a bad person, but there's something on the inside of me that is so broken 
that keeps attracting all these other broken, messed up individuals worse than me. And I need to know what it is because I need to get free. I need to get healed. I need it purged. I need whatever. And God literally had me pick up the mirror, look at myself, and say, Shelly. And in that moment, Shelly is so intimate for me because only my family as a little girl called me Shelly. He said, Shelly is the person that was broken at seven, eight years old. Shelly is the one that grew up physically but didn't grow up on the inside that was stunted spiritually and emotionally. Shelly is the one that I've called for amazing destiny. And today you're going to talk to Shelly. And he had me pick that mirror up, look at myself. And sometimes the hardest thing to do is to look at yourself in the mirror. And I was weeping. And I and these are the words he told me to say, Shelly, I am so sorry that you've been trapped on the inside of me for so long, mm -hmm. 40 years to be exact. But please don't give up because I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to free you from bondage, from unexpected expectations of the world, from all the things that happen to you. I'm coming to free you so that you can live and rise up and be the woman of God that God created you to be. Woo! And that's what I've been doing over the last year. Woo! Right there. Right there. Y'all, if you didn't get it, I almost forgot the audience was listening, girl. If you didn't get it, if you didn't get that message, you got to go back and get the little girl. You got to go back and get the little boy. If you didn't get it and you're not willing to have that conversation so you can be healed and whole, right? And have successful, fruitful relationships and a successful, fruitful relationship with God. Ooh, I felt that thing down in my, like I felt it as my grandma was saying, Magetta. I felt that, <laughs> like I know I felt that because that is so real because brokenness didn't just happen at the divorce, right? I didn't just get broken at the divorce. No, I was broken at two. Yeah. I was broken Jesus. at seven. Jesus. And so I have to go back and get the two-year-old Erica Nicole. I got to go back and get the two-year-old, the seven-year-old Erica Nicole. See, people, somebody asked me the other day, like, Erica, why do you go by Erica Nicole? Because that's my child name. That's what they used to call me when I was little. Not just Erica, my family, my aunt, my grandmother, Erica Nicole. That's who was broken. That's yeah. her that has to stand up because that's who God created me to be was Erica Nicole. So, Michelle, I get it. I get it. It is so powerful. Ooh, do me a favor and really explain this, um, this, 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 oh, I, now my, my, my thoughts are gone because the, the Holy Spirit is so, he's here and he's really heavy. But this um, savior mentality that you have, because somebody may be listening and it may be that it sounds like something they're dealing with. So let's help them through that real quick. Because maybe they're not sure. So how would they know? Well, a savior complex to me is any time 
that you essentially disregard you, what's good for you, your health, your physical being, your mental being, your emotional being, your spiritual being, anything for the well-being of another person. Mm-hmm. See, for me, I use it for personal relationships. Every man that I had been with, for the most part, was on drugs. They were sick in their body. They had major issues. You could put three people on the side, and I would pick the one that was so jacked up from the floor up. And I wasn't even doing it consciously. Nobody says consciously, I'm going to go over there and get that drug addict or get that sick person or get that broke person or get that violent person and fix them. Nobody. It's an inside internal thing that stems from a pain point. And for me, I didn't realize that. I kept saying, why am I attracting all these crazy folks? And another thing was I was so hard headed. I was determined, no, I'm I'm not going to listen to what anybody tells me. I know I can do this, I can do that. But I wasn't realizing. I can stand back and say, Wow, this person I got to start his own business. This ex went back to college and got a degree. Like, if you hung around with me, you was doing something in your life. That's just who I am. But what happens is you cannot make anybody love themselves. You can't make anybody want better for themselves. You can't make anybody, when they get desperate enough for love of themselves, then they get free. So I truly didn't realize that. And I think what happened for me, that was probably the hardest thing. And this is actually the very first time that I will ever be speaking of this. Mm. So bear with me. But several years ago, my very best friend of 27 years died. And she left a husband and a three or four-year-old son, three-year-old, I think. I had been friends with her forever. I had loved her. I had done everything. She was immensely overweight, and it led to her death. I'll just put it that way. But even with her, I had a savior complex. I would buy groceries, bring them to her their house. I would... I joined Weight Watchers one time and paid for her to have the online class. By this time, she was bed bound. And then I would bring snacks. I would go teach her what I learned in that day. I was doing whatever I could to save her. But she didn't have it in her to want to be saved, to want to change. Food for her was just like alcohol or crack. Mm -hmm. And so this is so hard, but it's just real. And this is what caused me to discover the the savior complex, that I truly had this. But she died four years ago. And before she died, she begged me. She had had her son in her early 40s. He was a miracle child. She begged me, do not promise me you will do whatever it takes. And I mean whatever it takes to take care of my son, to make sure he's took care of. And of course, you know, he had a father, but I'm just, I'm in complicated grief. I'm 
mourning. She's not even dead yet. I'm mourning. I'm like, yes. She was like, do you hear me? You do whatever it takes. And so that would lead me down probably the craziest, most obstructive, destructive path that I probably could ever mention. And it led me down to a path that I would fly out of state to see her son, to see how they were doing, to see they were in poverty, to see they were her, her son and her husband uh, were sleeping on the floor, were struggling, were everything. And so I made the craziest choice. And I married her husband. I married him to put him on my insurance to get him healthy. He was depressed and and he needed health care and he needed a, a CPAP and the little boy needed stuff. And, and I did that for her. I didn't do it because I loved the guy. I mean, he was like my brother, you know, he was married to my best friend. I did it in my mind to save them, brought them back to the state that I live in. Of course, people around me, I went through the worst season. People were like, oh my God, you married your best friend's husband. Uh, I bet y'all were cheating on her while she was dying. Just the most horrible stuff. And in my mind, I couldn't explain it. I, I didn't want to hurt his pride. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to her, you know, I didn't tell anybody, like, the real deal, but I lost, man, all of her family turned their back on me, mm. I, some friends I lost, like, the journey was crazy, but what people didn't know was in the house, I had given up my bedroom to him and the little boy, I slept on the couch, I had given up everything, I don't even know in my mind, how I thought that was going to exist because I guess I didn't think I was ever going to have another life or have somebody in my life or I don't know what I was thinking. It was such crazy. Like I'm, I made a promise to her that her little boy is going to be took care of. This is the only way I know to make sure he's took care of that he's got food and clothes and you know, everything is to be right here. But as the months went on, what I realized is I couldn't save them. I couldn't change his depression that he'd had his entire life, his clinical depression. I couldn't fix the little boy's situation. I couldn't fix it. And, and it became such an unhealthy, twisted situation of, well, now we're married and I want you to be my wife and we're going to be married. And, and I know that's not what I did this for. And him just, it was so crazy. I could talk forever about the situation. But a long story short, New Year's Eve came of that year, which was actually going into 2019. And I begged God, I was at church. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I know this wasn't your will. And I did it on my own. You have to give me the courage to walk away from this situation. So I did. I did literally within the next week. And he didn't understand. And all this, you know, we both had crazy grief. But I say all that to say that I still attempted to help them. I still attempted 
to be there for them, to help build wise, to give money. Like I said, nobody but my children on the inside knew what was going on in this house. Everybody looked at this whore, pardon my French, this whore has went and married, you know, they had no clue. And I did what I felt all that I could do. And I just had to release it. Well, in September of that year, he killed himself. And that was a whole nother, oh my God, oh my God, because then his, his family blamed me. So here I got my best friend's family that still, I've never had this conversation with them. This is the first time that I'm publicly saying out loud what really happened. And my best friend was like, okay, now you're going to therapy. You have always said it's just you and the Lord, but there is nothing wrong with Jesus, with the couch, with the counselor. Girl. And so I did. You know, that's my statement, honey. You need the couch and the cross, honey. Woo. Yes. And so that was probably like my eye-open situation. I went to a counselor for about three months and did what's called EMDR therapy, which is incredible, to release a lot of stuff from my past. But that's when I truly realized through that situation that God, you know, loved me. Even though the world didn't understand, the world still had their thoughts. You know, I felt guilty, like I should have just stayed with him and fixed him and helped him. But no, what God showed me is if I had stayed, he probably would have killed me too. Yeah. And so, you know, that has really been an amazing, the last two years, just healing of me, of being free from others' opinions. Because I so want to go to his family and to her family and try to fix the relationships that we had to say, this is what I was trying to do. And this, but you know what? I've learned at the end of the day, I don't know owe anybody anything. No. Only God. God restores. He renews. He refreshes. And I say all that to say, if you're in any kind of situation where you have lost yourself in order to try to fix or save somebody else, it can't be done. You have to break free, whatever that means for you. You have to go to the Lord. You have to go to therapy. You have to go. And I'm telling you, when I began to do all of those things and let God start healing the inside of me, then the outside, I started dropping, like I've lost 110 pounds. I started dropping the outward burden that had taken over me because of my inner brokenness. Now, does that mean everything is perfect? Oh, no. I'm a day-by-day -day work in progress. But what I do know is you cannot love anybody out of their pain. You cannot love anybody out of their issues. You have to love you. You have to pray for them, but they have to choose them and you have to choose you. 
they have to make the choice. They have to give God their own yes. I can't give God yes for you. You got to give God a yes, right? My God, Michelle, you have. I'm so <laughs> grateful that I heard the Holy Spirit because he said flow. He said, put your agenda aside and flow. And I know um, that somebody's life has been changed. I know somebody. I hope so. Uh, I wasn't sure. You know, I tell my stories all the time. And I'm very easy up to a certain point. But I've never been able to tell that part of my testimony. Because it's still fresh. And it still hurts. But I just felt so led that someone today needed to hear it. Amen. Oh, girl, I feel that. I feel it. And I know it's true. So what I want to do right now is I want to go ahead and ask you, we're going to pray for that person. We're going to pray for that person that needed yeah. to hear it because now they, now, now they're open. Now they're open and now they're listening. So God is asking me to go ahead and have you um, pray for that person. And then we'll go ahead and wrap today up. But first I want to lend the floor back to you and have you pray for that man or that woman that is in that position. Yeah. Right, and they're screaming. It can be either one. It can be either one. Well, Father God, we just thank you so much for your grace and mercy. God, we just thank you for the ability to even come together, even across the airways, oh God. And God, we thank you for the opportunity. Now, Father God, I thank you for everyone that is listening and everybody that will listen in the future, oh God. Lord, I just thank you that anything we have said today that is penetrating or piercing their heart, God, that has opened up their eyes, even to say, oh, my God, that's me. I didn't know I was doing this. Oh, God, we thank you for giving them, first of all, the ability to discern and recognize this, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. God, I ask you to give them the courage the courage to look at themselves in the mirror and to say, today, I choose me. I choose what I need for me. But, oh, God, teach them how to come to you to choose, God, knowing that you are the author and the orchestrator of their life. You've knitted them. You've formed them, oh, God, in their mother's womb. You said that you know the plans you have for them, oh, God. Oh, God, even when we get off track, God, you are never but just a prayer away a conversation oh god away god touch their hearts touch their mind give them the courage god it takes courage to stand up and to leave a situation that you're not being treasured in it takes courage to stand up and to say i choose me when the rest of the world doesn't oh god we thank you god that you will orchestrate situations god the people that's not meant to be in their lives, oh God, if they just submit them to you, oh God, you will move them, God. Teach them how to come before you, how to partner with the Holy Spirit. That is such an important thing. Partnering every day, ask the Holy Spirit to partner with you in every area of your
your life. And when you do that, you give the Holy Spirit permission to come in and to remove the obstacles, to come in to guide you, to move things, to show you, to lead you. When you submit and surrender every part of who you are, then you give him the ability to do that. So, Father God, I thank you. Let the Holy Spirit rest and rule in every area of their lives, oh God, exposing the hidden parts and the schemes of the enemy, oh God. Oh God, we thank you that what the devil meant for evil in their lives, even now, God, you'll turn around for their good. Oh God, you use the brokenness, God. You use the things that make no sense to us, oh God, to show us and to show that you are God. Oh, God, we thank you that everybody that listens, it's not an accident that you have listened to this podcast. It is a it is a actual divine appointment by the Lord. I thank you, God, for freedom, freedom from everything that holds them in bondage, freedom from everything that breaks their heart, freedom from what the world society says they are, God. Oh, God, let them turn to you to find out who they are, who you called them to be, and what you called for them. And, God, I thank you for mercy and grace. God, you said mercy and grace will never leave us. So, God, teach them how to take mercy and grace with them every day. Oh, Father God, we come against the spirit of condemnation, where that they have even condemned themselves. Sometimes we are our biggest enemy. We will condemn ourselves even when the world ain't even studying us. So, God, we break that spirit. We break the spirit of depression and fear and anxiety off their life. We break that poor pity me spirit and I'll never have anything and God doesn't love me and God hasn't chosen me and my life is always going to be bad. We break that spirit in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. And oh God, we say, arise, arise, my daughter, arise, my son. I have called you to higher things and better things and I will lead and guide and show you exactly what I have if you will only put your trust in me and not in the world. And God, I believe since you allowed me after, oh my gosh, after two years, God, you allowed me for the very first time to open up and speak so transparent about the situation, God. I know that it is somebody out there. It may not be the same type of situation, but it's a similar situation where you're trying to rescue somebody and in the turn, you're losing yourself. God, I thank you for illuminating that situation so that person knows without a shadow of a doubt that you were speaking to them through me. God, we love you. We adore you. We say, God, have your way, your will. God, I thank you even for my sister, Erica, God. I thank you, God, for using her and her ability and her platform, oh God, to speak to those that you have chosen ahead of time. God, I thank you because she surrenders her life to you. She will not lack or miss not one good thing. I thank you, Father God, for our lives, that what the enemy has tried to do and the weapons form, they will and shall not prosper. But God, you will get the glory for every part of our stories, and you will be glorified, for you are truly the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And God, we thank you for this place. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Woo! To God be the glory. To God be the glory. <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. Give me a minute, give me a minute. Woo, to God be the glory. I know your testimony not only has changed the life of the listeners, 
But Michelle, your life will never be the same after today. God, he said never the same after today. You had to release that. I'm so honored that he chose this platform to do it. But it was necessary and it was needed. Not only for them, but for you. Yes, I believe them, that. And, and we just trust God, you know, and we just trust him. And that's amen. So Michelle, before, God, we wrap so this up, before we wrap this up, tell the, uh, the listening audience, where can they find you that, that are drawn to, oh, where, can drawn they to find your where can they find you? Okay. So I have a, a course on Facebook. I'm Michelle Crowell, but I have a Facebook page that's called Arise and Shine, and it's all about self-care and self-love. And then I also have an Instagram by the same, it's Arise and Shine, and the picture is actually my next book cover that I'm working on that has a lady in a yellow dress, and I say that because there's a lot of Arise and Shine, um, but you'll be able to see uh, that. Um, my website that is up, but it's not 100% and it's functional. Don't let me lie, but it's not. It's uh, ShellyCrowell.com. Really simple. And uh, for those that just want to email that feel like maybe they don't do a lot of social media, uh, even it's ShellyCrowell72 at gmail.com. Awesome. And I do monitor my own emails and all that stuff. And so I'm a work in progress as far as all the business section and all that stuff. But you can usually get a message to me somehow. I love it. And we, of course, have all that information in the show notes. I know I'm a member of her Facebook community and it touches my soul um, daily. Michelle, this has been such a blessing. This has been such a blessing, such an honor. I want to thank you for uh, just coming and hanging out with us here at Conversations with Erica. I didn't touch it. I did not touch this interview. You heard it the way it came, raw and real. I did not edit it. I did not splice it. I did not dice it. I didn't remove anything from the conversation. The only thing I regret is you didn't get the meeting before the meeting. The anointed of the Holy Spirit was there from beginning to end. This is her true story. This is her Arise and Shine story. If you don't know Minister Shelly Crawley, you need to know her. If you don't know Minister Shelly, you need to find her. You need to join her Facebook community. You need to connect. Guys, I'm just telling you, I just put it out there the way the Holy Spirit delivered it. It's raw and real. Thank you guys for connecting with Conversations with Erica. Thank you guys for weathering the storm with me. God is doing a new thing, and I am in total submission and total surrender to what he is doing. Share this conversation with somebody. Share this podcast with somebody, and don't forget to go back to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thank you to all my subscribers. Thank you to all my listeners. Y'all know I'm sitting over here in awe of God in total gratitude of what he is doing in my life. Thank you. Thank you for rocking with your girl. Have an amazing, amazing day. Until the next time. Bye-bye.